you'll invite folks to come and to worship with us this next week on Easter Sunday. Of course, we celebrate the resurrection of our Savior absolutely every Sunday. Amen? And that is the purpose of our meeting. Open your Bibles, please, to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 9. Mark, chapter number 9, we begin our reading in verse number 14. Mark, chapter 9, and verse number 14. And when he came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude about them, and the scribes questioning with them. And straightway all of the people, when they beheld him, were greatly amazed, and running to him, saluted him. And he asked the scribes, What question ye with them? And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. And wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth and gnasheth with his teeth, and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. He answered him, and saith, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him, and when he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him. And he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming. And he asked his father, how long, it, uh, how long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, of a child. And oft time it hath cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything... Have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him, and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried and rent him sore and, and came out of him, and he was as one dead, insomuch that many said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. Whether you realize it or not this morning, you need to listen to this story just as I do. Just as our life is filled with ups and downs, there's hills and valleys, we find that the Lord and the disciples have just come down off of the mountain. You'll remember the mountain there where uh, if you go back and read the account, our Lord himself was transfigured and they saw Jesus only and now they come down from the mountain, that glorious experience, and now they're down in the valley. That's sort of a commentary on life, don't you think? You know, one day we're on the mountaintop and the next day we're in the valley. And as soon as they get down into the valley, they're confronted with the problem. It's a serious situation and they don't have the answer for it. Now, I said you need to listen to this story because I don't know where you are right now. 
And I don't know what your future is. I have no idea what might happen to you or to me uh, tomorrow. But I can assure you of this one thing. The time will come when you'll need what you can learn from this story. Don't ever forget, and I said a few weeks ago, I was preaching from the Gospel of John where he records seven miracles. And whenever you find one of the Lord's miracles, don't ever forget those are miracles with a message. They're not for our entertainment. They're not to enjoy, even though we enjoy reading about his glorious power. You know, that's a wonderful thing. But he wants us to get a message out of it. Let me ask you a question. Are you concerned about the future? Well, I surely hope so. Uh, And if you are, you need to understand the effect that faith has on your future. And that's why I love this story. It reminds us, and the title of my message today is The Possibilities of Faith. Notice verse 23 again. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, All things are possible to him that believeth. Wouldn't it be wonderful if if we all believe that all things are possible? I mean, can you imagine what the atmosphere of a church would be like if everybody here had that attitude? Well, let me tell you, if you don't, you can. And I say that because Romans 10, 17 says, Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You see, we can always do something to increase our faith, to build up our confidence in the Lord. And here we see the story of a demonized boy. Now, maybe some of you are already wondering all about this demon possession and so on and so forth. And I tell you, I'm not going to give the devil any free advertisement. My focus this morning is on Jesus, not the devil. Everybody also want to talk about, well, you know, what about these demons and demon possession and this and that and what have you? You know, we can talk about that at another time. But let me tell you, Satan is real. He's more than just a mere influence in this world. And he's out to destroy each and every one of us. But Jesus is the answer. Amen. So here is a demonized boy. There is a distressed father. Can you imagine having your child in a condition like this? It's only natural that he would be distressed. He doesn't know what to do. And notice, we see these defeated disciples. They can't solve the problem. But we see the dynamic Christ. Amen. And He steps in when everything seems, you know, to be impossible and, and, and solves the problem. You, you see... It starts out with a tragedy, but it ends up in triumph. And it's just an illustration that Christ can meet our needs whenever we trust Him. You know, doubt doubt is our great enemy. Doubt, doubt is a thief. It will rob you of everything God wants you to have and destroy you. So the key element in your relationship with God is faith. I talked last week about the importance of knowledge, and knowledge is important, but it requires more than just knowledge about God. You can be a great theologian in knowing all of the fundamental facts of the faith and still not have a right relationship with God because the Bible says without faith it's It's impossible to please Him. But 
that raises a question, at least to me, why do we have such a difficult time in believing? Think about that for a little while. I, I, I mean, it hasn't always been that way, right? I mean, as a, as a little child, you know, we tended to believe almost anything. You know, our mom or dad or somebody else, an adult, would tell us something. I think that must be the way God made children. They're just, you know, gullible. Uh, yeah, I, I believe anything. I, probably every parent here, you know, Bev and I, having raised eight children, you know, you know, we know about some of the strange things that kids will do. And you said a kid. Uh, up here on this, a little old kid, and say, come on, jump to daddy. They just jump right off. They can't fly, but they're trusting daddy to catch them, right? But something happens to us that makes believing become difficult. And believing is that basic block, building block in our relationship with God and we need it more desperately than anything else, and yet we find ourselves in the difficult situation of trying to to believe. Well, I don't think there's any question about the fact that living in a world that is negative and pessimistic, a world that is decadent, a world that is deceptive, that after a while you experience this deception from others and the harm that is inflicted upon you, after a while we become suspicious. After a while we become doubtful. After a while we don't want to trust anyone. Let me tell you, you don't have to be 30, 40 years old for that to happen. That can happen to little children that have been disappointed with what they see in life. And all of a sudden, life isn't just fun and games. It's a real struggle to live. And so that has a way of carrying over into our spiritual life. But the good news is that Christ can change all of that. And here in this story, we find out how we can have a positive attitude regardless of what the circumstances are the possibilities of faith. If the truth is known, there's probably someone here this morning that in regards to some area of your life, you've given up all hope. You've just concluded it's impossible. You haven't taken into account that God might have other plans, you see. The possibilities of faith. But there's some things we need to remember. First of all, for that to happen, we have to reach out for God's help. Can you, you imagine what a fool that father would have been had he not sought any help? If he had said, well, I'm just going to let nature run its course. I, I sure hate it that I have a demon-possessed kid that one minute is jumping in the fire and the next minute he's jumping in the lake. He's wallowing on the ground, foaming at the mouth. And boy, I, I, you know, I didn't ever want my kid to be that way. But gee, I don't know what to do about it. And oh, by the way, I'm, I'm ten minutes late for tea time. i got to get off to the golf course. What a fool he would have been to just ignore the needs of his child. You see, it was out of great concern for his son, he started looking for help. 
And the first place he went was to the disciples. Now, there's not anything wrong with that, by the way. I mean, these are the men that have been following Jesus. These are the men that have been talking about Christ. These are the men that have witnessed all of His mighty miracles, you see. And so he sees them, and it's just like some folks that oftentimes, in desperation, they'll decide, you know, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to go to church and see if that'll help. They might even say, you know, I think I keep driving them down 1960 and I see that sign at Lakeway Baptist Church. I think maybe I'll just try that. And somebody drops in and you don't have a clue. You don't have any idea what a desperate situation they're in. And they come in with that hopeless feeling. And I don't want them to leave that way. I want them to leave understanding there is hope. I don't want to disappoint them. There is hope that God can help them, you see. So he brings the boy to the disciples, and well, they, they fail. We'll get into that later. But it wasn't until he got the kid to Jesus that things began to change, you see. Jesus was able to help. He can help when nobody else can because there's nothing too hard for the Lord. With Him, all things are possible. So I want to encourage you this morning, if you want to see the possibilities of faith, you've got to reach out to God for help. Secondly, you have to respond to God's command. Look in verse number 19. Jesus said, notice, bring Him un." To me. Now, if you go back and read Luke's account, you'll see that he's speaking here to the Father. And so the Father is responding to the, to the Lord's command that led to the deliverance of his child. You see, folks, listen, until we are willing to obey the Word of God, we're not going to have any hope. There, probably everybody here would say, Boy, you know, yeah, there, I've got a problem and I really need God's help. Well, that's well and good. That's the first step. But are you willing to do what God tells you to do? You see, a lot of times we come to God like He's some in, in the you know rescue business and, and like a big Santa Claus somewhere so we can get what we want, but we don't ever want to respond in obedience to Him. We want help, but we don't want to listen and obey what God says. And I'm telling you, it doesn't work that way. We've got to acknowledge that He is Lord. He's the one that makes the rules. He's the one that sets the agenda. It's His business to direct our steps. And you're not going to get His help as long as you're determined to do what you want to do. So the Lord said, bring Him to me. And uh, that's what He did. And then we have to remember that faith is essential. It's a good thing to ask for help. It's a good thing to respond to a command. You know, the Bible says, forsake not the assembly of yourselves together. And so here you are in need of help. You know, the Bible tells us we ought to assemble. So you attend church. That's all well and good. But it requires more than that. We have to remember that faith is essential. And that's what we're seeing here beginning in verse number 20 where it goes back and forth. They brought him unto him. And when he saw him straightway, the spirit tear him. There's this demonstration of demon possession. And he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming. And he asked the father, how long is, uh, is it ago since... This came, he said, since of a child. He's been that way since he was a little kid. But now notice what he says. 
And all times it is cast him into the fire. Notice what the father says. If thou canst do anything. Now, now wait a minute. Something has created some doubt in his mind here. If thou canst do anything. And I suspect that doubt has been created by the failure of the disciples. That's why we often say, you know, of us Christians, we're the only Bible some people will ever read. There are going to be people that will set in judgment of the Lord Jesus Christ based on what they see in you. When you profess to be a Christian, there are those, there are those whose beliefs in Christ are going to be affected by what they see in us. So they failed, but he turns to the Lord. Thank God he didn't give up. Amen. Somebody says, well, you know, I tried going to church for a while and it didn't help. You, you know, I, I, I tried being a church member. I tried being a Christian. Even I've heard people say that. I tried being a Christian. Well, stop trying. Start trusting. So he says, he says to the Lord, he says, if thou canst do anything. And uh, I love what he says next and it's so important have compassion on us and help us well jesus said you see when you come to him seeking for help he doesn't turn away he doesn't turn to deaf ear saying you know i I've, i've got too many things on my to do list today Thank God that he's interested in each and every one of us. And he said to him, if thou canst believe. He's turning the tables now, right? The father said, you know, he said, if you can do anything. No. The Lord said, no, that's not the problem. The problem is, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. So faith, listen, faith is essential to us discovering the needs for our problem. Faith is the means. It's the channel through which we appropriate the things that God provides. You ever thought about how our lack of faith in God is an insult to God? I mean, all God is telling us to do is just trust me. Trust me. Believe in me. And for some reason, some people refuse now, remember, we're talking about God. Look, I don't want you to trust me. I might fail you. Brother Preston might fail you. We don't want to, but we might. Don't put your faith in a preacher. Put your faith in Christ because He never fails. He has proven Himself to be trustworthy. And whatever it is that you need in life, faith is absolutely essential. That brings us to the next thing because maybe you're thinking, yeah, I know that's what you say, preacher, and I've got to agree. That's what the Bible says. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. What do I do? You know, I, I really struggle. Use what little faith you have. We have to release what faith we've got. Notice verse 24. He said, Lord, I believe. Now, this is just a little faith right here. Remember. He's just got through questioning our Lord's ability. And the Lord said, the problem's not with me, it's with you. If you can believe it, all things are possible. And he said, Lord, I believe. And I think that's in there to show us that even little faith is rewarded if it's all we have. 
God expects different things out of different people. That's confusing to some folks. We talk about being faithful to God, for example. Being, look, anybody can be faithful to God. You can be bankrupt and be faithful to God. Regardless of who you are, you can be faithful to God because faithfulness to God is simply doing the will of God for your life. God doesn't expect out of every person the same thing. We've got folks out here in the nursing home that love the Lord with all of their heart and they can't get out and they can't go. They can't knock on doors and visit. They can't do mission work in that sense, but they can do something there where they are. And that's all God expects from them, to do what they can where they are with what they've got. That's faithfulness. And sometimes our faith, you know, isn't, it hasn't matured. It hasn't developed. It's not where it ought to be. But it's all we've got. And I'm glad that we serve a God that understands that. And let me tell you, if you don't use what you've got, you'll never get what you need. If you want more faith, you've got to use the faith that you have. Some people say, boy, I wish I had as much faith as so-and-so, really. Well, what are you doing that requires faith in your life? Do something we, if we're, look, the Bible says the just shall live by faith. And there's some people scared to death to take a step, you know, that's into the unknown, as they might call it. I don't want you to step into the unknown either. I want your steps to be directed by the Lord. And there are a lot of times you can't see where you're putting your foot down. You just know the Lord told you to take that step. Man, Bev and I can look back over these 50 plus years in the ministry now and think of the times that, look, fellas, this is a scary thing whenever you go to your wife. And that's why I always identify with Abraham and Sarah when Abraham come in and said, honey, pack your bags. We're going to move. Well, we're going to move. Yeah. No, you can't take your mama. You can't take your family. We're going to move. Why? Why are we going to move? I like it here. God said move. Well, where are we going? I don't know. We're just going to pack our bags and start down the road. That's living by faith, folks. You don't have to figure everything out. Just know where the next step is and take it. Use what faith you've got. Release what faith you have. And notice here, and request help for your unbelief. Notice what he goes on. He says, Lord, I believe. But then he says, help thou mine unbelief. Here's an honest man. He's honest enough to admit that his faith was lacking. And a lot of times, you know, we Baptists aren't all that truthful, are we? We want to pretend that we've got great faith. We want to sing that we've got great faith. But, you know, we really don't, and we don't want to admit it. But let me tell you, pretending will never solve your problem until you get honest about your needs. You're never going to find the help you need. We've got to get honest about this. He said, Lord, I believe, but help mine unbelief. He's admitting, I'm struggling with this. But then there's something else, and remember... This is what changed the tide right here whenever whenever he admitted, I need help with my faith. And, and immediately, notice verse 25, Jesus saw that the people came running together and he rebuked the foul spirit. So here he cast the demon out of the kid. 
Notice, and he's laying there apparently dead. He's not moving. And Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. I mean, I can almost picture this in my mind. Some of the people at that moment, Jesus cast the demon out, and there's the kid laying on the ground. And some would say, oh, that's what I figured. I didn't think this was going to work. Yeah. Well, we might as well go on, try something else. I, let me tell you, I am so glad that, boy, the touch of the Lord can raise us up from the very dead. Amen. He can change and transform our lives, and, and, and that's what He did here. And I just can't imagine the look that must have been on that daddy's face when he saw that boy get up and stand up there made whole. And that raised a question. Notice verse 28. And when he was coming to the house, the disciples asked him privately. I think there's a reason for that. Why could not we cast him out? Well, I can think of about 40, 11 different reasons. Probably you're not Jesus, but look, the Lord did give them the power to cast out devils and work miracles. So it's a good question in reality. Why couldn't we do that? And he said unto him, This kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. They failed because they had not prayed and fasted. Now remember, Jesus rebuked the Father in verse 19 for His lack of faith, for His little faith. But now with the disciples, He's rebuking them because of their lack of prayer and fasting. Now here's my point. Although faith is essential to us receiving what we need... There are times when just believing isn't all that's required. Am I making sense? In other words, some people say, well, boy, I've got a lot of faith, you know. And by that, they mean, yeah, I read Norman Vincent Peale's book, you know, on the power of positive thinking, and I'm a positive thinker, you know. I, I maintain all of these positive thoughts even during the most time, greatest crisis in my life. And no, that's not faith. Positive thinking is not faith. Faith is our confidence in what God has said. It's building our hopes upon what God has revealed. That's what faith is. But sometimes it requires more than that because, you see, the, the expression or the evidence of our faith is made known in other things. And he said, this kind, boy, if we only knew the struggle that we are in, and maybe as a Christian, it might be that, you, you know, you think, boy, everything's really been going good, and you don't even realize you're in a spiritual warfare every single day of your life. There are demonic forces against you. The devil goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Look, we're, we're on the battlefield, not the playground. This is real. The, Satan's not trying to scare you. He's trying to destroy you. 
And and we can't just we can't just sit back and say, well, I believe everything's going to turn out all right. Jesus said this kind. He's speaking about that particular problem as related to the demonic forces. This kind won't go out except by prayer and fasting. They hadn't done that. You know what that tells me? It tells me they should have been doing that before the problem ever arose. That's why I've, I've told this church, I don't know how many times in every Christian, don't you dare wait until the crisis hits and you're at the emergency room with your family and a loved one's laying in there at the point of death and you've got to have something to help you through this crisis. And so you grab the Bible and you start reading this passage of Scripture and you're going to, you're going to use it like it's a magical potion of some kind that automatically give you peace. You need to be preparing for the crisis years before it comes. Getting yourself ready. These fellows tried, and evidently they believed that it was going to work, but they failed. They failed because there had been no prayer, there had been no fasting. And the whole point of this is, folks, sometimes it... It requires more of us than just saying, you know, yeah, I'm going to trust the Lord that this will work out. God expects us to to put feet to our prayers. In other, in other words, to give expression of our faith. There's one more thing this morning that I want to leave with you and I want you to think about. The possibilities of faith. In addition to all that I've said, it's something else that's necessary, and that is we need to reflect upon ourselves. As wonderful as this story is, it's of absolutely no benefit to any of us unless we make it personal. That's why it's recorded in the Word of God. He wants us to see this story. He wants us to to benefit from it, that it'll help us with our struggles. I mean, I don't know about you, but whenever I read this, it causes me to think about my needs. I mean, I don't have the same kind of a need that he did. You know, I'm confident I'm not demon-possessed because I'm spirit-filled or indwelt by the Spirit of God. You know, and the point is... Your problem might not be like that boy's. It might not be like that daddy. It might not be like those disciples. Your problem might be entirely different, but the solution to your problem is exactly the same, and that is faith in God and obedience to those things that you ought to be doing, you see. So the point is, we ought to obey the Lord, we ought to trust the Lord, we ought to pray, we ought to fast, and then we need to wait on God to meet the need. Well, no doubt somebody's going to say, you know, uh, what if I don't get what I want? You ever think about that? And you might be thinking back to a request you made last year, last week, and you say, well, that didn't work. I don't think it will this time either. You're not expecting anything, you know. You know, you ought to pray. You ought to trust the Lord to do it, but... uh, let me tell you something. If you don't get what, what you want, God will enable you to live with what you've got. 
I believe it was Tim Hansel, I think it was, who wrote those words. I put them in the flyleaf of my Bible. He said, I've prayed 10,000 times that God would heal me. And finally he did. He healed me of the need to be healed. Wow. Think about that. Healed of the need to be healed. You see, folks, I'm telling you, there's going to come some point in time in your life where it's not going to be God's will to heal you and to raise you up. He's going to just take you home. Nobody was ever in more in the center of God's will than John the Baptist, but God allowed him to be beheaded. You see what I'm saying? If God doesn't give you what you want, He'll help you to live with what you've got. And trust in Him. Look, faith isn't about getting what you want. We think it is. It's not about you getting what you want. You know what it's all about? It's about honoring God by believing that He'll give you what's best. That's what faith is. And I'm telling you right now, there are going to be a lot of times that you're going to pray about things that you're not going to get what you want. But if you're a child of God and the will of God, you know what? You'll get something better. God loves you too much to let you make the rules. God's not going to let you run the show. Or me either. He doesn't make any mistakes. And we need to learn to trust Him regardless of the results. Are you willing to do that? You know, when the Lord taught the the disciples and us to pray our father which art in heaven right i don't know about you but i believe my heavenly father loves me more than i could ever love myself but here's the point he said thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven do you really mean it whenever you say lord thy will be done that's all i want Heavenly Father, whatever will honor you, whatever will glorify you, that's all I want out of life. Whether I live, whether I die, doesn't make any difference. To die would be gain. But Paul said, but but God still had a work, and he said it'd be more profitable to you folks if for me to live and to stay here in this mess. You see, we've got to leave it all up to God. But I'm telling you right now, if you want to discover the possibilities of faith, you've got to trust God and obey God. We sing that little song all the time. Trust and obey for there's no other way. I'm telling you, that's true. That's hitting the nail on the head. We've got to trust God and we've got to obey God and then we'll get from God what He chooses to give. And it's always for the best. Will you trust Him this morning? Maybe you came here. You might, look, you might be a Christian already on your way to heaven. Boy, you've been struggling here lately and might be, you know, you're like the disciples. I mean, you've been trying, but you've been failing. Well, maybe there's some more business you need to take care of with the Lord. And maybe you're here this morning and you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. Think about that. Do you know you'd go to heaven if you died right now? Do do you know for certain you would? If you don't, whatever you do, don't leave this building until you get that settled in your heart. 
Brother Preston and I or any of our deacons or Sunday school teachers or Awana workers, look, we'll get on our knees and take the Bible and show you how you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're a child of God. And I'm begging you to do that this morning. Don't leave here without Jesus. We're going to stand and we're going to sing together and we invite you to come. Our Father this morning, I pray, Heavenly Father, that you will bless your word today as only you can. May the Holy Spirit move up and down these aisles and touch hearts and change lives and save that soul that's nearest hell. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the glorious truths of what Jesus can do and the difference that he can make. And no doubt there are desperate people here today, somebody somebody that needs what we've been talking about. And I pray that you'll help them to not leave here today without seeing the possibilities of faith. And may they trust you because of it. In Jesus' name. Now, while we